the NHL could never recover if that were to happen. That's so embarrassing because he's out here begging to fight him. He's literally out here begging to fight him. Welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? I'm Christy. And I'm Danielle. Okay, so to kind of start us off, we're going to start a little heavy and then slowly but surely get lighter as we go. So our first topic today is return to play and if and how that happens, what it's going to look like, what the NHL is asking for, what players are expecting, and how we're all going to do this before the Olympics next year. So the NHL and players alike, They want to play, and the NHL is aiming to play a full 82 games starting in January, so January 1st, and they want to be done by everything by July 15th, the latest, in order to make room for the Olympics because they can't compete with them. So that's what everyone can agree on that they want to do, but it gets a little tricky Because in order to finish the season last year, the NHLPA and the NHL came up with an agreement that kind of made it eligible for the players to play and that they would get 72% of their money for next year. So this is all confusing to me, so I'm just going to let Elliot Friedman explain it best. So according to Friedman, players agreed to a 10% deferral for the upcoming year. So and that means so in addition to that, escrow caps were at 20% for the 2020-2021 season, and they continue to go down from there. So in the 2021-2022 season, the cap would be at 14 to 18%, and the season after that, the 2022 to 2023 season it would be at 10% and 6% for the remaining three season, three seasons. And there would be a one-year extension that would be tacked on at the end of the CBA if the players owe the league between 125 to $250 million after the 2024 season. That's, like, not bad for the players. Yeah, it's not at all. Like, that, I can understand why they accepted that. Right, right. The owners didn't read this. No, they didn't. <laughs> so this is this is kind of this is what the players and I guess Gary Bettman agreed to in order for them to play out the playoffs and for us to have a Stanley Cup champion blah 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 so now the NHL kind of came back and was just like hey um let's let's look at this again (laughs) because we might have made a few mistakes so the NHL came back with two proposals for the players So the first proposal asked for changes solely to this season. Deferring compensation went to 20%, escrow went to 25%, and there was no other alterations. The second proposal asked for deferred compensation to be raised to 26% for next season, and escrow wouldn't be touched until four to six years of the CBA, rising from 6% to 8.5% to 9%. And players were kind of just like, this isn't what we agreed to. 
And the NHL, the reason why the NHL came back with this was because they predict that the COVID damages are going to be more than what they thought and they needed a way to kind of address the shortfall. And also, (laughs) Gary Bettman, apparently he didn't consult the owners when he was doing this. So according to an article by Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, there has been a stall in talks since the NHL proposed these two proposals. Um, and the last time that they spoke, the NHL asked for more than $300 million in concessions from players in terms of raised escrow percentage. So the two proposals that they came up with would lead to $300 million in concessions from players. And um, according to the article, Kevin, he basically said that some of the talks since like the NHL and the NHLPA, they haven't been talking. It kind of reminded him of the lock the lockout shortened season in 2012 um, because no one's talking to each other and eventually someone has to give. One of the major differences was that the league back then had all the power because they had the owners behind them. And it kind of came out today that this, I guess this time, Gary Bettman kind of just did things on his own or he kind of told owners like, hey, you should agree to this, you should agree to this. And they did without reading what the stipulations were. And now that they have, they're kind of just like, no, this sucks for us. So we don't want to do it. So that's why they're trying to go back and make players give up even more money. And in the long run, it's going to be worse for younger players who are trying to get new deals and then players whose deals are up. According to like datista.com, the NHL could lose about 1.5 million U.S. in ticket sales slash revenue um, per home game if they're played in front of empty buildings. So this is a lot of money that they're kind of going over and trying to figure out where the money's going to come from. It's just all very, very shady and confusing. Yeah, so like Christy said, I mean... The owners and the players were definitely like this summer, they were definitely trying to get something on the table so that they could just start finish playing the season. Right. That was everyone's end goal. But they did it so that it's like extend the CBA another six years. They make adjustments for COVID. And then what? <laughs> two months after the season's ended, they're like, oh, yeah, we need to go back because Owners just blindly said yes and agreed with Bettman on the CBA. And then they all saw how much money they lost and will continue to lose in empty buildings like they did in the playoffs. And now they don't want they want to redo it. And that's just I mean, it's so shitty for the players. The crazy part about this is that on both sides, like some owners want to continue, some owners don't. And then the players, some players want to play just to get some money. And then other players don't want to play because that's less escrow. They have to end up paying back to the owners. But I'm really interested to see how this shakes out because here we are in the beginning of December. And like Chrissy said at the start of the episode, they want to play the beginning of January. And that just seems so unrealistic. 
especially an 82-game season, which I don't think anyone that is rationally thinking of this is expecting an 82-game season. I don't see this ending up with anybody being, like, happy. The owners are going to lose money. The players are going to lose money. Like, fans are probably going to get a really weird product on the ice because players are going to be overtired or they're going to have to have a super condensed schedule. I did see in an art in um, the Kevin Kevin McGran article that what he predicts is that they're gonna start talking in January, so they won't be able to play until February, like a month after they actually start talking to each other again, and then they have to be done before the Olympics. So that's even less time for them to play and less time. Yeah for a playoff so it doesn't it doesn't make any sense or maybe it'll be a 48 game season like in 20 um 2012 i mean that's kind of how it has to be right like especially if they want to get the playoffs in before olympics start and of course we'll all we'll have every article referenced linked in the show notes just in case you know you we didn't clarify it that well and you want to just read especially Kevin's article which is called the NHL talks or a lax thereof have the familiar feel of a lockout um that was really good he gives a lot of insight on the lack of communication how this fallout can can change this upcoming season if there even is a season he's really um realistic and uh it was a good read sometimes I wonder like (laughs) what players are in the NHLPA? Because I feel like they always just, like, eventually just bend to whatever it is the NHL wants to do. So I'm just like, you guys need some, like, tougher people. Maybe you need better lawyers helping you out. Like, what players are in here? Yeah. Because whatever happens, they lose. The executive board of the NHLPA, everybody has one person. But I don't know... And they have an alternate. Well, some teams have alternates. Other teams don't. Um, Ew. The Capitals rep is Tom Wilson. Yeah. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) I mean, the Penguins is Latang. But Mike Mike Matheson, he just got here. Like, you're done. (laughs) I'm concerned for who these reps are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. They may, some of them may be sweet players, but I don't know if they're, they really got the juice to be doing this. Okay, so this says a lot. It's not really a good mix of older players and younger players. Like most of these players, I feel like they are at least in their 20s, whereas I feel like almost everything that the NHLPA does, um, it sucks for up and up and coming players. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. It'll be an an interesting storyline to follow this offseason. Yeah. And to kind of like, like, what does it even look like when, if and when they decide to play, right? Because there are, like, you can't travel into Canada from the U.S. Um, Some places allow you to have people in in stadiums. Some places don't. So even if they do come to an agreement, like, what does this season actually look like? Like, I know they have the proposed all-Canadian division, but, like, what about, 
like every like what about the rest of the 24 odd teams that have to play in the u.s again nothing official but greg washinsky was saying that it's going to be obviously an all canadian division which is vancouver edmonton calgary winnipeg toronto ottawa and the canadians and then in the i think it's like eastern division it's it's going to be the Bruins, the Rangers, the Sabres, the Devils, the Flyers, the Islanders, the Capitals, and the Hurricanes. And then in the Central Division, it's going to be the Penguins, Detroit, Columbus, Chicago, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, and um, the Panthers and the Lightning. And then in the Western Division, it'll be Colorado, Dallas, Arizona, Vegas, uh, the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks. So the Pens are pushed over. People, Many people have said that the Penguins should stay in the East Division and the Hurricanes should be in the Central. Do you think that makes more sense? I think, I think travel-wise, it's easier for the Penguins to be in the Central Division and it's easier for... Carolina to stay where they're at. Um, See, I don't think that. I mean, so Carolina's like pretty close to the Florida teams. And like if they just scooted Pittsburgh in <laughs> and then just had everything below be central, I could see that. But as someone who is tired of seeing Pittsburgh and the, <laughs> the Flyers play each other and Pittsburgh and the Cavs play each other, I'm very happy to see them separated. Now, my question with this whole format is that, okay, it's these however many groups of teams, I think it's like seven, eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. They all play each other. Just that's it. Like we just get eight, 48 games of them playing each other nonstop. Or do they play other teams in each division? Uh, and how does that work? Because some ones you have to quarantine for a week. Some you have to quarantine for a day. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because if you see what's going on in the NFL right now, it's not working out. Yeah. Like, and the NFL, they play one game a week. So you can kind of control that. But in the NHL, we have up to 82 games. So, like, that's three games a week going to different places, um, supposedly. So I don't know, like, what that's going to look like. It's It would be really, really hard to contain once someone gets COVID. Yeah. And my thing is that, like, I don't know. Would you be upset if they just scrapped the season? I, I would be upset from, like, a, oh, my gosh, sports. But the reality is, like, this probably isn't feasible. And I think the NBA, like, they start training camp, like, this week so we'll see what happens with them but I I just don't see I just don't see it for the NHL like yeah I agree with you I think I would be a little bit upset but like the NBA I mean the NHL is not the NBA like the NHL has no money they're they're literally poor (laughs) and so like Like, why are you trying to do this? Like, why are you trying to push something that, one, will put your players at risk? 
Two, we'll put like your organizational structure, like <laughs> like your <laughs> MOU is basically you're trying to like change it. This is going to have lasting effects on the next couple of years. Like I just, I don't know if going through with the season is the right thing to do right. on multiple fronts. So, right. I mean, I guess it's better to make... $10 million and to make $0 million. If you're making $10 million and you're spending $150 million. Right. Like you're just ending up out of $140 million. I think, I guess my thing is also, they don't want to be the first one to kind of be like, okay, we can't, we can't do this. Because you know the NHL is, is a follower in everything and a leader in zero. So they probably don't want to be like, yeah, no, we can't do this. But I really don't see how it's possible. Okay, so kind of moving on to more fun news and more uplifting news. The NHL and a few NHL teams have made some new hires. So first, um, the Florida Panthers named Brett Peterson as their new assistant GM. Because of this hire, Brett Peterson would be the first black assistant GM in the NHL. Peterson played defense at Boston College. He was a player agent and a VP for hockey at Wasserman, who have ex-clients such as Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask. Um, and Peterson, he was a part of a group that helped put together, put together an all-black and Hispanic team from the New Gen AAA Foundation that won the Beantown Summer Class Summer Classic Tournament in August. Um, when reading the article, Peterson basically said that he really likes watching players grow and develop and forming a relationship with players. Um, and he felt that he could do that in Florida. Our last episode, we literally talked about getting people of color in like the front offices and the Florida Panthers listened and we're like, okay, like hold on for a second and then <laughs> hired him. And I think that's amazing. It's just, I don't know, like Florida's doing like, listen, Florida, I, you will never hear me give them props, but a lot of their teams are hiring women of color, um, people of color and, I cannot say I hate it. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for him and I'm really rooting for him to do well because him in this position opens the door, hopefully, for other teams. Like, I mean, it's the NHL, so in a decade, the next person will come. <laughs> um, <but laughs> hopefully. I, I always hope, like, before we go on to the others, I always hope that, like, yes, I'm always just like, yes, I hope he does well, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm also just like, I want us to get to a point where I don't have to hope that he does well. Like, maybe he can be yeah. mediocre and then he still gets another job. Um, <laughs> that's Like everyone else. Yeah, like everybody else in the <laughs> NHL. So I'm also really happy for him. Like, this is really exciting. And I'd never heard of him before. So that's good. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so more hires. So last week, the Penguins hired Dorian Dickerson. So he was hired as a director of project development. So 
Um, Dickerson, he is a former NFL tight end. Um, and after he retired, he was a pregame host for the Steelers on 93.7 The Fan. And he was also learning about the construction business. Um, and his job isn't really going to be um, player-based. It's going to be more about like developing... Um, like project management, workforce development, and community engagement for the Lower Hill District, which I think is pretty close to their arena, like um, where they had the Civic Arena, their old place. But yeah, I thought that was pretty exciting. Also, like he just said, hey, the Penguins hired me, but he didn't say like to do what? I was just like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty interesting since he doesn't come from a hockey background. He is a football player, and he learned a whole new business on the side, and that's how he got hired as by the Penguins. No, I thought it was really interesting, too, and it came, like, kind of close after the Panthers hire, so it was, like, a really cool, like, continuation of seeing um, black men hired. Uh, like you said, he's not in the front office role, but the fact that Pittsburgh is a city that loves football um yeah like he hopefully can bring some new and in new fresh ways to engage with that community and again I'm rooting for him but then also like Chrissy said I want to get to the point where he can just like be mediocre and still get his job but hopefully he's not because he seemed really excited and that was always nice he grew up a Penguins fan I mean just like us. Well, <laughs> but we tweeted about this and he liked the tweet. Oh. So again, friend of the pod. Right. We made a new friend. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> more exciting news. Joel Ward, he was hired by the Golden Knights as an AHL assistant coach. Um, so Joel Ward needs no introduction. He played 11 seasons in the NHL, scored 304 points in 726 games, played for the Wild, the Preds, the Capitals, and the Sharks, and he had a reputation for being very clutch in the playoffs, and he's also part of the HDA and very vocal about um, black people's place in hockey. Um, so Joe Ward basically said, it's a new start, new job, you're excited, you're nervous, a lot of emotions. Um, and I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to do something that I love to do. Hockey has been a big part of my life forever, and now I'm just so excited to get back to it. And he joins Nigel Kerwin and France Jean of the Tampa Bay Lightning as the only current black assistants in the NHL. Um, Mike Greer well, was also a black coach, but he he decided to not return to the Devils. Oh, yeah, well, that's understandable, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I do not blame him. But, like, can you say that Joel is, like, oh, okay, you're saying that Nigel and friends are the only black mm-hmm. assistants in the NHL? I was going to say because, like, Joel's not in the NHL, so he's not, like, a part of that group. Oh, I mean, I guess the NHL, <laughs> but I mean, AHL I get it. umbrella. But I will. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, he's not an NHL assistant. But it's fine. Mm-hmm. I Can I just say, like, when I first started watching hockey, Joel Ward was one was the first black player that I even knew about. 
because really? my first hockey game was going to a Caps game, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a black guy, and he fought. So I was like, oh. But I, but I didn't know much about hockey, so I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But anyway, he was the first black player that I knew about, and then I knew about Wayne Simmons. So those Joel always has, like, a special part of my heart. And the fact that he has a black mom, we love to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, like, happy for him. Like, even, like, his little quote, he just seems so excited. And for people who, like, for players who hockey's been such a big part of their life, and then they, like, kind of not fizzle out, but, like, you know, he retired because no one signed him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, taking that year off and then getting back to hockey, I can tell that this is so exciting and, like, relieving for him that he's still a part of the game somehow. And I, in my mind, I figure that's kind of how Trevor Daly feels. Oh. Um, to, like, finally get that opportunity. And, I don't know, like we said, it's just nice to see. It's nice to see more black players get hired in different roles post-hockey career. So... Yeah, I'm excited for him. I just think it's like, like even though the NHL was like, no, no, to the HDA, we're not gonna, we're not gonna look at your wants or your needs, um, your like list of demands or whatever. But to see like teams kind of take it into consideration and to have all of these hires like within a week of each other. It's just like, oh, maybe you guys are listening. Hopefully this isn't the end, but it's just like a little reassuring. See, that's where it's not reassuring to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I think like, yeah, you can hire as many people of color as you want, Mm -hmm. but if you're not making the environment safe and and accepting for them, then like, what's the point? Again, they're still isolated. They are still... I don't know, looked down upon for having a different opinion. So they have to follow, like, everyone else be the letter of the law. They're not really bringing a diverse point of view in there. And maybe this is me reaching because I don't know what it's like in any of those front offices or what any of the players are going to do. But my thing is that, you know, what the HDA proposed was, was change all over the organization and in the sport. And you can, like I said, hire one black player and that still doesn't like excuse any racism or any lenience to racism that your organization allows. So like I look at that, I look at the Knights and granted the Knights are getting credit for this, but this is not the Knights. It's their AHL team, which I actually forget what the name of. I'm going to have to look that up, but (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the Knights during Black Lives Matter and, like, in the bubble, they quickly, like, apologized for what Ryan Reeves did and, like, the players that took a knee and, like, you know, just because their police department wrote a letter. And so, you know, to me, this doesn't, like, comb over that, like, negative feeling I got from that. So... You know, and I mean, the same with the same with like the Penguins, right? Like how many times like we, oh, you already know in February, there's going to be pictures of Dorian (laughs) and the two black women that work for the Penguins. And they're going to be like, oh, we're a family. We're this, we're that. And then we'll never hear from them again. Yeah. And then when black, then when another black person is killed, the Penguins will be like, we're listening and we're learning. 
Right. And then Sid will be quiet. And then that's that's just that. (laughs) So I don't know if this, like, definitely smooths it over, but. That's fair. That's fair. I think I'm kind of just excited that they weren't hired as, like, their diversity liaison. And, like, these are actual jobs for these people to have. So I think that's where I'm coming from with it. But I definitely agree that it doesn't no, that's fair. erase how some of these teams have handled, have done business up until this point. Yeah. No, that's fair. I completely agree with you. That, like, I mean, excluding Dorian, but, like, you know, Joel Ward and Brett Peterson, um, these are actual jobs in hockey. So mm-hmm. I do like that for them, so... Um, well, last but not least, <laughs> there is Chris Stewart. He announced that he is a new owner of Minnesota Hockey Camps, which that's exciting. That's exciting, too. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, because I think he's worked really, really closely with them like the last year. He was just like, you know what? Yeah, I, I think he was drafted in Minnesota, I believe. He did play for Minnesota and for so... a while. And so... Yeah, I think he was drafted, uh, I think, 17th overall or something like that. Don't quote me, but I do remember when he got, <laughs> when he signed with the Flyers, we all were like, what? But um, he is, he's such a good developmental guy for younger players. Like, I know when he was with the Flyers, he was really helpful to Nolan Patrick while he was going through his migraines and trying to figure out what this migraine disorder that Nolan had. And he was just like someone that Nolan leaned on a lot. And he's just really good with younger players. And I believe that after he retired this summer, the Flyers, he now works for the Flyers in like development, some type of development um, capacity. So you love to see it. Yeah. The last topic in terms of all of these, well, this isn't really a hire. But I just wanted to shed light on Terry Smith, the artist who um, designed the original, like, San Jose Sharks logo. When he designed the logo, even though the San Jose Sharks were atrocious their first year, they were second to the Bulls in terms of team merch and in terms of, like, people buying their merch. So people really, really liked the design that he did. even though like the sharks were terrible and he mentioned how like that makes perfect sense well yeah yeah and he did mention how like it's so it's so weird when people find out that he's the one who designed it because they're always just like so surprised but it's a pleasant surprise because it's really cool yeah it is really cool and the sharks logo is one of the coolest logos in the nhl and unique and their colors just yeah it's just really interesting and it's fun and it's a simple i mean the sharks isn't like a new like idea like oh we're gonna be named the sharks like yeah you can i'm pretty sure there's a lot of like sharks out there as like team stuff but Mm -hmm. he made it really cool and it's cool to see a black artist created a logo for an professional organization and I hate to bring back up or our last episode but I mean this is what like this could be the norm you know what I'm saying like this could be you know a a bunch of different diverse people could be artists for um NHL logos but you know it's it's really not (laughs) but anyway I say all this to say that 
The logo is dope. And it was a really cool article that showcases um, the fact that he created the logo. Right. And it shows that we can be not of use because we don't have to be useful in order to be present. But it can it showcases black talent on the ice as well as off the ice. Yeah. Um, kind of moving on to more fun stuff. So the NHL unveiled their new reverse retro jerseys. Um, and they did. Or like everyone is calling them their new cash cow. Yes. Because they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> but some of these jerseys are really nice. And it was really like. Like, I don't know about you, but it was kind of like kind of fun to see them tweet out the pictures one by one and kind of waiting for my team to like, when are the Penguins going to get a picture? Like, what's Tampa looking like? Um, So that was pretty exciting. Which ones do you like? I really like the Calgary Flames jersey. I've Mm -hmm. never, ever knew anything about Blasty. That's like the horse. (laughs) But this jersey goes hard. I love the all black. Mm-hmm. And it's like such a, like, I just love the colors, the red, yellow, and black. I just think it pops, the white C. Mm-hmm. I really, really like the Flames jersey. I actually really like the Buffalo, the Sabres jersey. It's all white, which is not like my favorite type of jersey because it's so hard to keep clean. But I love the royal blue I like the swords crossing, and I, I like the buffalo at the bottom, and then the Kings. Oh, yes, the Kings jersey. That Yes, the Kings jersey I think is so dope. I love when cities have, just like one city has, all their sports teams have the same Color. colors because it's just so versatile. And the Kings, it just seems like it was like a nod to the Lakers and the Lakers just won. So it was just really nice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a br- it's bright colors, but I think they go together really nicely. Yeah. And you really don't see those colors in every day. Yeah. You know, so I would love to get a Byfield one. <laughs> I already picked my person. <laughs> but those are probably my top three. And I will say I really liked the penguins, of course, I've I've been waiting for the diagonal. I know a lot of people wanted the Robo Pens one, but I don't mind this one. Yeah. I I really like the Kings jersey. I like I like the Penguins jersey, even though I wish it was in black. And mm-hmm. I have to say I like the Tampa jersey. Because I feel like they could have gone gone a way worse than they did so I really like their jersey um and I kind of like the Habs jersey I think I like how it's not because normally it's like white or red and I like how it's on the blue Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I'm just like I know this is weird but like the red white and blue oh it's tired I didn't really like any of the red white and blues and that's so shocking because I normally would love that, especially if the Jets did something like that. Aww, but I, Jets. yeah, I'm just not a fan. Um, even the Capitals, I know people like the Capitals one. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I, it's, 
it's the Capitals definitely have better jerseys than that. Yeah, yeah. There are some jerseys that I'm kind of just like, I I appreciate that you went for it, but I don't think yeah. it landed all the way for me. Which are um the Ducks, the yeah, that was gonna be mine Coyotes and um was it and the Wild. I so okay I agree with you with the ducks like I just I love that they went all in on the cartoon duck like talk about a fun that's like almost rivals the sharks jersey like Mm -hmm. I think that's really dope but the white duck on the white background is just too much white for me and then the sticks yellow like I needed I needed more color in there it looks like you're like you have like you have colored in something. <laughs> you forgot that you had to and color it in it. yeah like, and it's yeah, due exactly. it was due yesterday so you just you were just like this is yeah funny. so yeah i would love if they redid that and <laughs> just gave it to me <laughs> with a little bit more color yeah like they're close though but i'm not feeling it yeah i love that they went cartoon i think that's so dope but oh also the stars jersey seems undone to me yeah Oh, I don't really like the the Carolina Whalers one. Maybe because I can't really see it, but I like when it's all green and then it's like white. Yeah. See, I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of doing throwback jerseys of organizations you're no longer, you no longer are. Or like, is that your heritage? Like, is that your heritage? Or is this you're doing homage to something else? Like, just don't because I feel like for especially for Carolina, they've worked so hard to create their own fan base Mm -hmm. that you you have another jersey that's not your fan base. Like, to me, just doesn't make any sense. Um, Same with the the Avs. I know that they did a homage, but and the Wild. Yeah, and the Wild. I just. Yeah, I just wouldn't have done that. I mean, the Wild, at least the logo looks like the Wild's logo. Right. They just have the you know, North but Stars it's just, colors. Yeah, I just would have do do yours. Just do yours and we'll see how that works. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> some of these teams don't have that much heritage, I guess. My thing with the abs is like I like the Nordiques um, colors mm-hmm. and I like their logo or whatever, but I feel like the Avs have so much history yeah. just as being the Colorado Avalanche, yeah. Avalanche that they don't need to go back to the Nordiques. Like, you guys have your own thing. That's very true. But we have to talk about the Blackhawks. I'm surprised you got a logo gonna... that is a face front. Like, you can see the logo. Or a picture, I'm sorry. I had to go searching for it. I had to go searching Christy's for it. detective skills, oh. everybody. Watch out. <laughs> okay, so 30 teams had a picture that included the front of their logo. However, there was one lonesome team that just wanted to show us all a side image. So the, Black- so the Blackhawks, um, they didn't want to show us their um, jersey for whatever reason. Um, but... My my thing is, it doesn't look any more racist than the normal one. Like, it's racist for sure, but 
it's just as racist as the normal one. So I'm just like, why do you want to hide now? <laughs> well, when you guys made a whole, <laughs> when you guys made a whole big thing about not changing your logo and working with Native Americans, like why are you hiding yeah, now? Like, I mean the fact that the Washington football team changed their name to the Washington football team, and then the Hawks were just like, nope. <laughs> like that's why. They- <laughs> Instead of doing it, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the NHL never just wants to be proud in its racism. Like, just be proud. Like, you're going to keep it. So just why are you? And then, like, by not trying not to show it, like, you just call call more attention. So you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And, like, they just call more attention to it. So it's like, like, we all knew you were going to use the racist logo. So we were preparing for it. And then you show us pictures where we can't see it. Like, now people have to hunt for it. And now you're... <laughs> so now, now we're looking for it. Yeah, now. you're trying to hide stuff. And it's just even more shady. Now yeah, I'm mad. Exactly. Like, we were already ready to be like, all right, here you go, racist. But now we're like, now we have to look for the racism? Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, if you want to see racism, we're going to make you go out and find it. Just like you say that after your captain's gonna be walking around that jersey, talk about Black Lives Matter, like. Oh my god! <laughs> Listening and learning. Um. Oh jeez, my thing. Okay, I don't know the significance of like Black Hawks in Native American culture, so I don't know if it's an offensive name or not. However. Like you, your logo can literally be a black hawk, like the animal. <laughs> like you, you can color a black hawk and make that your logo. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm sure these exist. Yeah, it is. It just wasn't a good look. It was just, and it's not that. It's not a good jersey. It's a basic jersey. Like it's nothing spectacular. But the fact that we had to do search and research for it made it more annoying. Yeah, like you're calling more attention to it. Kind of to move on to silly, silly, silly NHL stuff. Jake Paul riled up the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never. Like he has them shaking like they are furious i never knew we had to talk about i never would have guessed we would have to talk about jake paul on this podcast but it is 2020 and here we are so this past weekend jake paul was in a opener fight with nate robinson who is a former nba player and jake paul won via knockout so after that, all of these NHL players were kind of just like, oh, Jake Paul needs to fight. Um, he needs to box an NHL player next. Most notably, it was Evander Kane kind of putting himself out there. And he said, and I quote, yo, Jake Paul, I'd wreck ya. Easy to beat up guys with no experience and much smaller. August 31st 2021 Vegas we can see if you really about that action hashtag your move all capitalized and then Ryan Reeves he also threw his hat into the ring so to speak so Ryan Reeves was like right after I take care of Paul Bissonnette and Twitter user rough and rowdy (laughs) 
Jake Paul can get that <laughs> smoke, <laughs> book it. And then um, this led to Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane kind of getting into it. And uh, Evander Kane deleted the tweet, but he was basically like, oh, what did he say? He was basically like, oh, I'd get the Reeves sisters or whatever. And, And obviously, like, Something that was a joke, he kind of took a little too far because this man has absolutely no chill. But he was also like, oh, I think I should start a podcast. So the past few days have just been a little wild. I don't even, like, understand what was happening here. Like, I just really (laughs) wish Reeves and Evander Kane would have just sat down and be quiet. Like, just let... Other people make a fool of themselves. But no, um, they were there. Um, and then, like, of course, Reeves. And then, of course, you have the discussion of why the HDA doesn't have women in it. And, like, that whole thing came yeah. up. And it was just like, oh, gosh. Like, if you just sort of sat there and ate your food, texted about this game and not tweeted, like, we wouldn't have to deal with this right now. But, of course. I mean... Um, I mean, it was it was it was kind of funny how he was just like, "Yo, Jake Paul, I can take you," and like he's still kind of like advocating to tweet Jake like for him and Jake Paul to fight or whatever. But once and like he posted on all his social media. Once like him, <laughs> it and was very intense. Him and Ryan Reeves like rekindled their um their like rivalry about this I was just like yeah no this isn't fun anymore like it was fun to make fun of Evander Kane <laughs> like when he thought he could go <laughs> go at Jake Paul but yeah it wasn't fun anymore <laughs> after that because it was just like mm, this is embarrassing yeah it was very embarrassing and sexist that's not very sexist and I mean classic NHL like literally everything they do it becomes embarrassing Eventually. and then it gets sexist and then it's like please stop <laughs> it's like first like we're laughing at you and then we're just like okay let's stop and you want to play it up because we're laughing and it's like no don't who okay so if jake paul were to fight an nhl player oh gosh i don't know i don't i don't know who jake paul is i don't know about um. him i try not to know about him so I have no idea who would win in a fight. If you know, please say. <laughs> I don't know who would win in the fight, but he's like a YouTuber turned amateur um, boxer. But I do think if... Why am I like I have an analysis about this? I do think that if Jake Paul were to fight anyone with actual experience in fighting, maybe he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have lost. I mean, he wouldn't have won. Because I think the person that he fought was, like, really short. So his, like, his arms aren't that long to, like, reach over and bunch. Um, <laughs> and NHL players are mostly tall. So you agree with with Evander Kane? I mean, basically. yes, sure. But do I think an NHL player should put themselves out there? <laughs> but it's so embarrassing it when they do it. it. Like, please. It's so embarrassing. Like, why didn't Connor McDavid say he was? Because Connor fight McDavid him? can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Evander Kane thinks he can fight. Jake Paul, like, knocks out Evander Kane. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I 
will be able, like, I'll be no more good. Christy, like, I, I would not be able to watch this show. The NHL could again. never recover if that were to happen. That's so embarrassing. Because he's out here begging to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's about it from us. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Don't forget to leave us a like and a review, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.